0: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: it is another edition of phillies today i'm your host james seltzer it is friday july the 10th as we are two weeks away from the Philadelphia Phillies starting their 2020 season, July 24th, against the Miami Marlins at home. We went through the schedule earlier this week. They start out with the Marlins, then the Yankees, then Toronto, and so on and so forth. A 60-game sprint to the finish. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. We are two weeks away from baseball. I'm so ready. Again, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the issues uh, with testing going on and all that type of stuff around Major League Baseball. Um, Hopefully they can get this under control because I'm excited. I need baseball. I think we're all kind of there. of It's uh, it's time, and I, I legit um, cannot wait to have baseball back. Um, yesterday we went into talking about the uh, the starting lineup, what it might look like today. Some X factor talks, some players on this team, and we've done this earlier in the off season. Now is we actually have a season that we're talking about. It'll be fun to talk about some of those X factor players who could make or break the season one way or the other for the Phillies quickly uh, prior to that yesterday. Believe it or not, we had just gotten into the 60-game schedule for 2020, but Major League Baseball has released its 2021 schedule yesterday. I didn't see that coming. I'm guessing getting an early jump on it to um, for planning purposes and all that type of stuff with all the uncertainty, and we don't even know if fans will be in the stands by then. We know nothing, but we do know that the Phillies will be starting 2021 at home against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, so... That's good, just like last season started out against Atlanta. They got the New York Mets after that, then on the road for Atlanta. Um, we know that, again, the season will start April 1st. They have an off day after that. Um, we know that the season will end on October 3rd with a game against the Miami Marlins. They will finish out in Miami, 6 on the road, 10 the season, 3 against Atlanta. Prior to that, the All-Star game will be on July 13th next year in Atlanta. So there we go. Pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff. As far as, uh, interleague play goes, uh, it looks like the Phillies will be playing, um, the American league East again. Uh, they have games against Boston. They will be going to New York. Uh, they will be playing Baltimore uh, and so on and so forth. So it will be against the AL East again, but obviously less of a lopsided type of schedule based on the more games, more time to spread out those tough games comparatively. And, uh, you know, not just having to be such a large portion of the schedule this season, of course. Um, essentially 33% of the schedule against the American League East. Um, all right, X-Factors. As we head into the weekend, and again, we're only two weeks from Phillies baseball. We're going to start to really gear up next week. Um, spring training games tentatively scheduled for uh, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, and then it's, it's go time on July 24th, July 23rd for Major League Baseball. The Phillies on July 24th. Cannot wait. All right, we talked about what the starting lineup could look like yesterday. Today, I want to get into, as, as we kind of went through a starting lineup, I commented on some of the guys who I think are the X-Factors for this season. And look, uh, it's a, a loose term, right? I mean, if Bryce Harper isn't great, they have no chance. You know, Bryce Harper is obviously the most important offensive player on the team. You know that Aaron Nola has to be good for them to be good. That's not what I mean by X-Factor. I'm talking about the guys who can really swing the season one way or the other. You know, I we know what to expect. This is, this is assuming that we get what we expect from a J.T. Romito, from a Bryce Harper, from an Aaron Nola, um, from a Zach Wheeler, that you get at least some level of what you expect. Um, these are the types of guys who we don't know exactly what to expect from, and depending on which way it goes could be the difference between a, a playoff team and not. You know, it's they're ma- that massive as far as these types of guys go. Um, quickly I did not put McCutcheon on the list though you could argue just the return from injury McCutcheon is an X factor player for that reason I have faith that he's going to be healthy he's going to be good he's going to be Andrew McCutcheon so I didn't put him on this list but if you wanted to put Andrew McCutcheon on the list like this I would be I would get it I I would understand it you know there is question marks with Andrew McCutcheon because of the injury and the return from it and whatnot but um, I made a list of what I think are the, the biggest X factors for me this season the biggest swings of uh which way the season could go is dependent upon these people and, and which direction. Some of it's not just their production, but when they come up, for example. We'll get into that. All right, let's start with um I'll just start with the person I think is the number one X factor for this team and, and I've really struggled. It's really the the first three names I'm gonna say I think are really kind of tied as the most important. And really, to be honest, we'll we'll get to some bolt names later that are pretty damn important too, but I think just if you're looking at one guy who's, um, who the gap between the lowest end and the highest end of what he can be and what he has been is the largest. And right now we are smack dab in the middle of that question mark. I think Reese Hoskins potentially is the biggest X factor player on this team this season for a number of reasons. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, we know Reese Hoskins at his best is an all star caliber major league hitter. You know, his first year and a half, two years in Major League Baseball, taking that first you know, quarter of a season, all that stuff, he was an elite hitter, you know, <laughs> like a, maybe not elite elite, but a 900-plus OPS guy, you know, a 400-on-base percentage type of guy. A, a, you know, not quite that high, but at his best. Um, that's a real-deal offensive weapon in Major League Baseball. He was a real-deal offensive weapon in, in Major League Baseball, a guy you could really have in a cleanup spot of a, of a great lineup. You know, he was that type of hitter. And then, obviously, over the second half of last season, one of the worst hitters in the sport, legitimately. You know, like Andrew Knapp was better. Uh, There were pitchers who, granted, obviously, in less at-bats, so a smaller sample size, but there were pitchers who had better second halves offensively than Reese Hoskins. He was that bad. Again, potentially the worst everyday player in baseball over the second half of last season, legitimately. He was a disaster over the second half of last season, that swing from horrible Reese Hoskins to great Reese Hoskins is so massive that it is the biggest swing of any player on this team, from the the ceiling to the floor, so to speak, is the biggest margin of any player on this team, in my opinion. Certainly what what, what we've seen, we've seen the floor, We've or we hope we've seen the floor, and we've seen theoretically what we think could be ceiling-ish, and it is a massive gap. And it is massive for this team that Reese Hoskins... Trends towards the, the ceiling rather than the floor because um look, this offense. We talked yesterday about the fact this offense could be really good. Like it, it has a chance to be a, a very high quality type of offense, one of the better National League offenses. But without Reese Hoskins, it's not the high end offense. This can be is is dependent upon getting a good version of Reese Hoskins, and if you get a great version of Reese Hoskins. All of a sudden, you know, obviously, again, this is a. Uh, if we get what we need from Harper and Ramudo and those guys, this has a chance to be the best offense in the National League. Maybe not better than the Dodgers, but like right there, you know, one of the two or three best offenses in the National League is the ceiling of this offense. And Reese Hoskins hitting his ceiling or trending towards his ceiling is the biggest factor, you know, comparatively. Obviously, again, Bryce Harper, Ramudo, those guys have to be good. But in terms of, of what we expect and what we don't know, a question mark, Reese Hoskins, the biggest question mark. That could change the dynamics of this offense to where it goes from being a truly great offense to a mediocre good offense. Like that, that is the swing that we can see with Reese Hoskins. look, if Reese is what he was in the second half of last season, then it's a disaster. Because then you're also starting to question his career. But in terms of for this team this year, if Reese Hoskins is the 200 hitter he was over the second half last year, they're in trouble. They're not good enough. I mean, it team's not good enough as it is. We've talked about that. You know, I think they're fringe playoff contender type of team to begin with. Reese Hoskins being the Reese Hoskins we know and love and not the Reese Hoskins we saw for the second half of last season is as big a swing factor player as there is, and it can make such a massive, massive difference on this team. Again, the offense has to carry this team. We'll talk about the starting pitching. I think there's, you know, it's not as bad as some others. It's certainly not as good as others. If Spencer Howard is... A part of it, it could be better. It could be middle of the pack. The bullpen is a major, major question mark. Regardless, you're not counting on the pitching to carry this team. You're counting on the offense to carry this team. And if the offense is going to carry this team to the level it needs to for them to be a playoff team, Reese Hoskins has to be a big reason why. Crucial, crucial season for Reese Hoskins. All right, my numbers 2 and 3 X-Factors, and I would – kind of group them together I think are, are pretty obvious ones it's Zach Eflin and Jake Arietta. and if I had to choose one of the two it would be Eflin um both obviously are, are super important as we just talked about you know you feel good about Noli feel good about Wheeler after that it is truly a question mark and we'll get to Spencer Howard but um Arrieta and Eflin giving you something is is massive it, it really could swing the season one way or the other and Eflin in particular um we've seen Eflin have really nice stretches of baseball I think Arietta I'm I'm with Ariadne, I'm at the spot where I I'm, I hope he's healthy and I hope he gives us something, but I'm not expecting anything. Zach Eflin I expect a little something from. I feel like Zach Eflin at least has the capability to be a, a 3 or a 4 in, in Major League Baseball. Really a 4 more than a 3, but for this team potentially a 3. Zach Eflin giving you stretches. And look, we remember a couple years ago, I mean, Eflin had a stretch of what, like 8-10 starts where he was one of the better pitchers in baseball for an 8-10 Start stretching. Look, that's not Zach Eflin. He's not that good. But you know, he's had some stretches where he has been a dynamic player for the Philadelphia Phillies, and and they need him in the worst way this year. Zach Eflin is such a massive part of this team's success this year. You need a third guy you can count on after Nola Wheeler. Again, the offense is going to have to carry this team. But if Zach Eflin can be the good version of Zach Eflin, the better version of Zach Eflin, that really. Embo- really uh, boosts up this team's chances to do something again. You know, you, if you can count on Nola, if you can count on Wheeler, Eflin giving you something means three out of five times you got a you got a real chance to win a game if your offense shows up like it's supposed to. And Arrieta's in there too. Look, Arietta uh, if he's healthy, uh, look. A couple years ago, he wasn't that horrible. Three nine six ERA. It's not great, but it's it's okay for your fourth starter. You know, you can get by on that. Last year, significantly worse in the four sixes. Um, if you can get the 4 ERA Jake Arrieta, it's going to make a big difference for this team. A three high 3 ERA, it's going to be good. I mean, it's going to help this team. But I think if I had to choose between the two, for me it's Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin, really that swing guy who I, I think can really turn the fortunes of the season more than Arietta. And I, I would pick Hoskins over these two. Look, Hoskins plays every day. And again, I think the offense has to carry this team, so I'm, I'm putting a little more weight on that. But Zach Eflin's right there with me in terms of the the number one X-factor guys who could— who I could see having this type of season or that type of season or anywhere in between and what it is will make a massive difference for this team's outcome in the end. So Zach Eflin, a clear X factor player for me area on the list as well. Um, All right. Uh, One more offensive guy and then we'll get into the more less, you know, obvious X factor type of people. Scott Kingery. I I mentioned him yesterday, but I think Kingery is another guy who's a, a real X factor type of player for this team because, look uh rookie year overmatched just didn't look ready we saw it Uh, he struggled last year comes back now he faced some injuries at times but really showed marked improvement last year I mean Scott Kingery took a step forward he was a significantly better baseball player last year than the year before there's no reason not to think that he's going to take another step forward he bulked up he looks good he looks big I know he had the issue with COVID a few weeks ago that really, you know, he struggled with and he talked about it in that Jim Salisbury piece, which again, if you haven't checked it out, check it out on NBC Sports Philadelphia, certainly compelling and shows you that it's no joke that COVID-19 is no joke. And that, you know, a young, healthy kid in his mid twenties um, gets that affected by it, but Kingery healthy, um, in shape, ready to go. Uh, Potentially, as we talked about yesterday, sticking at second base, maybe, maybe, can just focus on on one position and and hitting which would be it seems something that would really help him you know again Larry has talked a lot about how he had so much going on with all these different positional things and all that type of stuff that um it really um it hindered him and you know he's a human being we talked about this yesterday I think we have to be more compassionate to that that maybe you know maybe is the type of player who's going to be better if you just put him in a spot let him focus on that position and and worry about hitting regardless I, I think that Scott Kingery has a lot of room to take a step forward. And I think we started to see it last year and it got derailed by injuries and then we saw it again and, and Spurts, If Scott Kingery can put it together, which there's no reason to believe he can't. I mean, Scott Kingery was a high-level prospect. He was given a historic contract prior to ever playing a game in baseball because the Phillies believed in him so much. They wanted to lock him up for a long period of time and they paid him. Scott Kingery got paid before he stepped foot on a major league ballpark, a ball field. I mean, that's, that's rare. Scott Kingery was a top... 30 40 prospect like this is a guy who is a legitimate upside type of player i mean there is there is a world where scott kingery becomes an all-star like that's the type of ceiling this guy has and um seeing the progress he made last year i think was was exciting and and the injuries seemed just the wrong time to kind of throw him off his progress and he had to build it back up when he came back but I think there's room for Scott Kingery to to really take a massive step forward. And if he does that, it changes the whole complexion of this offense, potentially. If Kingery, the type of player he is, too, is the type of player this offense really needs. You know, he's someone who is a a spark plug type of guy, super fast, you know, can um, get on base, can cause havoc, and also has the pop to knock one out of the park when you need it. So um, I think Scott Kingery has a chance to be a real X-factor for this team, and and I can see wide-range outcomes, but I expect him to take a step forward, and I think if he does and and plays a really strong second base for this team, all of a sudden, you know, that can make a massive difference for this team's outlook. So, Scott Kingery, for me, along with Hoskins, your two biggest X-Factor players in the lineup, and along with Arietta and Eflin, I think the the four big X-Factor guys who are, you know, everyday players slash starting pitchers on the roster. All right, now, Five more guys to get to, but two groups. Uh, one, I've alluded to, it's obvious, I think it's clear to anybody, but if you're talking about a list of X-Factor players for the Philadelphia Phillies this season, Spencer Howard and Alec Bohm are obviously going to be on that list, and I think that they are really the two biggest X-Factors in the sense of they could give you nothing or they could give you everything. You know, we don't even know if we'll see those guys in the majors. We think we will. Um, certainly with Spencer Howard, with the need they have you're there, you would think they will. But we don't know. We don't know how the Phillies are approaching this season from a development perspective. From a, um, It's also like we've talked about, the kind of thing where, where a hot start or a cold start could change the way they, they view things as well because the season is so short. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see how they're used regardless if they are. I mean, Alec Bohm is one of the best nine hitters on this team. However you want to mix it around and put people in different spots, Alec Bohm is one of the best nine hitters on this team right now. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Even though he's never stepped foot on a major league field, I believe he's going to hit right away. And Spencer Howard is absolutely, at worst, your, best, your fifth best starter right now. And I would argue that I, I personally, having seen Spencer Howard pitch, knowing what he can do, even without experience, I think he steps in and he's better than Eflin and Arrieta today. Certainly better than Arietta. I believe that. That's my opinion. Regardless, these two guys can help this team in a massive way. They are two guys who can give you a shot in the arm. You know, we know what the major league roster is. We've judged it on that. These two guys can add to that, can make it deeper, stronger, and and kind of knock the ceiling up. You know, Spencer Howard, if he comes up and is Spencer Howard, you know, the the top thirty prospect that that we expect him to be, that's massive. I mean, we've seen this a lot over the last few years when young pitchers come up and make a difference. Jack Flaherty last year did it for the St. Louis Cardinals, the best pitcher in baseball in the second half. And granted, started the year in the majors, but you you see guys, young pitchers have success all the time. It is a common thing in Major League Baseball these days. And I think Spencer Howard is ready for the majors right now. I think he can pitch in the majors right now, and I think he makes a difference whenever they decide to bring him up. So I think between those two, Howard and Boehm, those are two – major X-factor players for this team, especially because we just don't know what kind of use they're going to get. And we don't know how often we're going to see them. We know nothing. It is such an a, um, interesting situation, and we don't know what the service time is. We think it's seven days. If it is, you hope they come up after those seven days, but it's going to be really fascinating to see how those two guys factor in this year and what type of players they could be because, again, they are the two highest-end talents the Phillies have in their, in their minor league system, and they're both ready. I believe both ready and can make an impact in the Major League roster, and that's like the definition of an X-Factor, right? All right, uh, last three guys I want to talk about as a group, um, as X-Factor are uh, our, our, our bullpen guys, because I feel pretty confident in Hector Neris. I know a lot of people don't, but I think Hector Neris is a damn good pitcher, and I think we've seen last year that that he's kind of settled into that closer role and i feel pretty confident with him look do i think he's the best closer in baseball no do i think he's a top 10 closer in baseball probably not no but i think is a pretty good pitcher and i trust him i trust him way more than i trust anyone in that bullpen so if i'm talking about x factors i'm talking about getting the ball to narrows if i had to guess the three guys who are going to be your seventh, seventh eighth inning guys the guys they're going to trust the most and look things could change we don't know if Lariano's opting out. Maybe he changes things if he decides to stay. Maybe a Ramon Rosso or a Damon Jones comes up and all of a sudden just um, is just so much better that they become the eighth inning guy. All that stuff's possible. But I think the three guys who could really swing it are going to be Jose Alvarez, Adam Morgan, and Tommy Hunter. Guys who contributed for this team last year, who they know, and who, you know, have, at times have all been very successful with this team. I think those are the three most important guys in the bullpen because I think they're the three guys who are going to get the bulk of the work in terms of getting the ball to Neris, the bridge to Neris. I trust Naris, I don't trust these guys. Now, I like all three of these guys to varying degrees. Jose Alvarez actually really had a nice year last year. When well, all was said and done. And Tommy Hunter has had really nice moments in his career and obviously some less nice moments as well. And Adam Morgan, same thing. So I think those three guys are going to be crucial because this pen has to be more than Naris. They have to be able to get the ball to Naris. And there are so few guys in this pen who we know, who we trust, that these three guys who have shown at different occasions at different times that they can be successful on a major league roster, on this particular major league roster, the Philadelphia Phillies, I think are going to be a massive part of this season. Maybe as big an X-factor swing as anything in the sense that the bullpen is by far the biggest weakness on this team and, and how it turns one way or the other could really end up making a break in this team. So I think those three guys are crucial. One last X-Factor I want to mention before we get out of here because it's not a player, but you know, we've talked about it a lot. But I, I can't talk about X-Factors and not mention Girardi and the new coaching staff because personally I think it could be the biggest swing factor for this team compared to last year is the fact that, and I've talked about it before, but I think in this unique shortened season with so many variables, with so many um, – concerns and and so much upheaval and 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 really all these players being put in a situation they've never been in before I think having a a good veteran strong smart manager uh, who can build a culture who can also relate to players I think it's going to be more important than any season in the history of baseball and Girardi's that guy Now we were already excited about Girardi getting into a normal season I think that I think Joe Girardi has an even bigger chance to make an uh, important impact on this season because, for so many reasons, I think managers are going to be more important than ever this year in, in keeping their team together and handling the um, unique um, obstacles that they're going to face that no manager's ever faced and being able to, to roll with the punches, deal with things, and the injuries they will probably encounter, the um, importance of, of playing to win every game while also not getting guys hurt with less ramp up. There's so many factors. And I think Girardi Price, the group they have, it is potentially going to be more important than any manager in the history of baseball. Like this season for all teams, you know, it really does feel that way. That the manager and the and the coaching staffs this year are more important than ever because of so many unique things facing these teams, these players, the schedule, COVID nineteen, um, the lack of a, a proper spring training, the the. Ramp up, ramp down, ramp up again. Um, the players opting out, uh, uncertainty surrounding the sport. There's so many reasons, like so many things that that tell you that this year, more than any other year ever, managers, coaching staffs can have a, a greater impact on their team than ever. And I, I, I'm just ecstatic that Joe Girardi's the guy in Philly. <laughs> you know, I'm just ecstatic that they made this move, and that I do think for this particular season, it's gonna be. A real important thing, you know, again, I, and I'll make my final predictions, you know, when we get closer to the season coming up, but, um, I've kind of been on the the fringe playoff contender spot with this Phillies team. Um, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. I, and again, I also think, as I said yesterday, I think this is one of those weird years where, um, it's really hard to predict these things anyway because I think there are going to be a lot of other factors. It's not just the roster, you know, that matters. It's not just how good is this team. There, there are some. It's how do these guys respond to this unique situation? How do they respond to the pressure they're at under the safety issues that the health, the fearing for their own safety, all those things? How do they respond in those moments? They're all human beings. People respond differently. So I think it's really hard to predict. Period. For that reason, but I do think that if the Phillies go from being a, a a fringe playoff team or a, a, you know, 500 team, whatever you want to call them last year to being a playoff team this year. I think Joe Girardi is probably going to be the biggest reason for that in terms of from last year, or this year. So that if that's not an X factor, swing factor type of guy, then I don't know what it is. So, um, it's going to be exciting. And again, I, I think it's exciting just that the Phillies will compete. I think they will be competitive. I think they're going to contend for the playoffs. I don't know if they get there or not, but, um, it's going to be fun. Obviously have baseball back, but also have a team that, that, um, you want to root for it. And I think that it's a good group of guys, McCutcheon, Harper, Romito. These are good dudes. And I think Girardi coming in and being at the head of that, it's its easy to root for him too. So it's pretty freaking exciting. Two weeks of baseball. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, all right, next week we'll be back. We will continue to, to preview this season, break things down, really um, look at what's up ahead for this Phillies team, how the 16-game stretch will impact them, all that type of stuff. And um, just inch our way closer and closer. To Major League Baseball starting uh, for your Philadelphia Phillies two weeks from today. Cannot wait. So until next week, everyone, have a safe, healthy weekend. And, uh, again, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?